Welcome to Boardroom Media. Today to talk about the medicinal cannabis sector, we're joined by Sean Hall, CEO and Managing Director of MedLab Clinical Limited. Thanks for joining us today, Sean. Bill, thank you for having me. Sean, uh, just looking at the sector, what will the legal market look like? How will public officials balance health, safety and revenue priorities? And who's going to be buying products coming out of the sector? Yeah, Bill, that's, that's a, a, a very big question. I think first and foremost, we actually have a legal market now. It's somewhat convoluted, but the government has worked uh, extensively on simplifying access to that market to ensure that the product in question gets into the hands of the patients that need it the most. The market I'm referring to is known as a special access scheme. It's not a heavily commercial market. I think it's important that your your listeners understand that whilst uh, a, a drug candidate uh, is within the bounds of the SAS and dispensed under SAS, it's not a pathway to commercialise. It's not a pathway to register the drug. But there is a mechanism here and now that allows doctors to safely and ethically prescribe a cannabis product, be it cannabis or be it one of the other offerings in market, to a patient that is believed to... Uh, to be of need. Now, when you ask about public health officials, that whole balance of safety and health really errs around a mechanism we have to date, which is drug registration through the TGA. And I do wholly believe that that, that, that mechanism is there now, and it's certainly a mechanism that, uh, that MedLab is chasing out for Nanobus. Now, this is how we articulate health and safety. As it so happens now, the, the cannabis products be them hemp, be them marijuana, be them CBD or THC, should, by law, meet minimum TGA requirements in their manufacture and their testing before it goes out to the Australian consumer. Notwithstanding, I understand, you know, we hear reports from, from prospective patients who have been at their local uh, farmer's markets and people are selling weird and wonderful things. I'd be pretty certain that that those officials in the government are aware that there is still a very uh, a grey market around cannabis. But from a personal belief and a belief as a doctor, I think that cannabis does hold unique properties to certain groups of patients. At the end of the day, you know, I, I, I temper that with there has to be a level of science that supports that product, that being that finished product, to promote the health and safety that the public officials, such as TGA, would warrant to extend uh, a claim of action for that drug. At that point, then the revenue potential becomes real uh, and you're more acting in the world of traditional pharma uh, than you are as a company that's kind of sort of allowed to sell, and I use that word very loosely, a drug that is not approved. And Sean, what will factor into the purchasing decisions? What are the key purchase drivers in price and product variety of the medicinal cannabis sector? Yeah, it's a very good question. I think there's a lot of misperception out there as to what cannabis is and what it can do. Certainly we hear from a lot of patients who want to take a cannabis product but want to be able to drive, whether it has THC or otherwise. We see some people are really playing on price and that is a very slippery slope. And then you obviously have a larger set of doctors and stakeholders of doctors groups that really want the science to validate its use and the safety of that product when used with other therapies that the patient may undergo. So depending on who your audience is, those key 
uh, purchase decisions are going to vary uniquely. But at this point under SAS, it's based on need. The need needs to be articulated that uh, the current drug availability on the Australian market doesn't really fulfil the need of that patient. And subsequent to that, if that is true and the patient is a candidate, then the patient can be prescribed a cannabis product. And again, that's no different whether it's our cannabis program or it's uh, some other offering in the marketplace. And what will draw uh, current consumers to legal channels? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And that behavioural attribute sort of changes between two people. I mean, we've seen in other states, let's say in America, and we've seen in other countries, let's say parts of Europe, where adult use has come in, and that adult use is a mix of those people who just believe that they should have access to cannabis for whatever reason, versus an adult use that wants to self-regulate some form of medication. Both are very much in there. At the end of the day, uh, you still have a group of people that still look at everything cannabis as being a social stigma or a gateway drug or some effect to that. You find that uh, as cannabis is becoming more and more accepted, especially in media, that that type of perception is starting to dilute. At the end of the day, what we're looking for from a company's perspective is legitimate patients with legitimate need requiring a legitimate product. And uh, our channels are all through uh, the medical community and the pharmacy community for the prescription and the dispensing of the drug based on that established need. For others, that may differ grossly but that's where MedLab stands on this at the moment. And why should investors consider cannabis stocks? Uh, I think it's an exciting area. It's not every day you get to invest in a stock in, in a real emerging field. Depending on, on who you want to believe and some of the uh, footnotes that you might receive from the internet, you know, the cannabis stocks are going to be bigger than Ben-Hur. And certainly we have seen prices rally upwards, especially in countries like Canada. I think for an Australian investor into a cannabis stock, the realisation that uh, cannabis is here, it's not going to go away. What will happen is laws will change over time to either open up its use or regulate it further to a more, let's say, traditional pharmaceutical. But if you're prepared to get in the stock and you're prepared to go a little bit longer on the stock than you might with some of the others, I think that there is very good uh, uh, uplift potential over the next 12 to 24 months. And uh, just considering uh, where we stand now and looking forward to 2020 and beyond, cannabis is a booming sector, uh, or appears to be. Uh, What can we expect in terms of news flow uh, in the upcoming 12 to 24 months? I think from an international perspective, we're going to see more and more laws and territories open for the use either adult or medicinal in cannabis. There is a rather loud rumour running around Australia that we may follow the US in the uh, farm bill that was passed last year in the US for CBD from hemp. Whether that happens or not here, I I, I really do not know. We are very much protected uh, within the Australian borders on what we do and what we don't do. What I'm expecting to see over the next 12 months, whether it's us or some of the other people in the research community, is more and more significant evidence that will add to uh, the general understanding and the use of very specific cannabinoids for patients with very specific problems. If I'm right, then what we should see is more and more of the medical fraternity turning attention to cannabis as an effective uh, treatment, in our case, potentially 
uh, in the realms of opioids. Sean, uh, there's some great insights. Thank you very much. Cheers, Bill. Thank you. To help us understand a little bit more about the medicinal cannabis sector, today we've been speaking with Sean Hall, CEO and Managing Director of MedLab Clinical Limited.